1: Welcome to the DFS podcast Friday edition for this weekend's NFL games. Boy, there's something new about that opening, John. Hi there, football fans. I'm Paul Bruno. You can follow me at Statsman22, and I'm joined, as usual, by my Friday podcast partner, John McKechnie, who is a great follow at Johnny Johnny McKechnie. We're coming at you today with a much different agenda. We have to continue to assist your prep for the debut week of the NFL season, and our focus will be on tight ends and defenses, today. John, you and I get switched gears a little bit today, converting from our baseball coverage into our first NFL pod. Let's begin with a quick review of last night's games. Uh, I'll, I'll go through the box score, and uh, then I'll get your thoughts. Uh, sure. What I observed, uh, Cam Newton showing that he's a dual threat, as everybody knows, not only passing for 194 yards, but rushing for... Another 54 and getting a score, so that's big points for the quarterback there. On the other side, Simeon had an interesting debut. He threw two picks, but he managed the ball very well, uh, throwing for a pedestrian 178 yards, but he gets a W. And and among the running backs, the top uh, guys were, as expected, Stewart for Carolina with 64 yards on 15 carries and C.J. Anderson with 92 yards on 20 carries. The note there that's of interest is that he doesn't split the load anymore, John, so... Beyond those guys, anything that caught your eye, and do you want to say something about the Denver running back situation?
2: Well, I really wanted to, wanted to touch on C.J. Anderson. I thought, uh, you know, there, there's a lot, if you got season-long shares of him, and I do, so maybe I'm a little bit biased here, or a little bit, like, too excited about this, but I thought he looked a little bit leaner, a little bit quicker, so he, he, uh, he looked great in and of himself, and then throw in the fact that the Denver's offensive line looked awesome against, a, you know, a Carolina defensive line that is loaded with studs, and then you know a linebacking core that's, you know, all world. So for him to, you know, average 4.6 yards a carry, you know, that's not like a, a mind-boggling number, but against that kind of defense, you 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 have pretty tempered expectations. and he, and he caught a touchdown as well. And then it's got to make you feel a little bit better that his main competition, now that Ronnie Hillman is gone, is uh, the rookie, Devontae Booker, goes ahead and fumbles on his first career carry. So, so, you know, he's going to be a little bit doghoused uh for, for at least the foreseeable future. So you think Anderson, definitely the clear workhorse. you got a guy like Simeon who's limited. He's going to not be asked to do a ton uh, so uh, so we're, we're, I think this isn't, this isn't the first time that we're or This isn't the last time we're going to see C.J. Anderson uh, have, multiple have multiple touchdowns, touchdowns and and uh, well over twenty carries yeah, or well over 20, over twenty touches. One
1: hundred and thirty-nine yards of total offense and a couple of scores. So that's a big night uh, and a score. So that's a big night for him. And the uh, um,
2: yeah, the other uh, big thing uh, from the other side of the of the coin was uh, Kelvin Benjamin. You know, there was a lot of question marks about how that target volume is all going to be split up between him, a lot of people like Devin Funches, myself included, Ted Ginn, Greg Olson, and so on and so forth. Uh, So for for Benjamin to kind of look uh, no worse for wear coming off the season ending, uh, torn ACL last year and and being their best option, uh, six catches, 91 yards. Uh, He he got targeted 12 times. That's three more targets than even Greg Olson. uh, And he caught a touchdown, of course. Uh, uh, so, so that, that was definitely, definitely encouraging to see if, 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 uh, if uh, you kind of waited Benjamin on Kelvin Benjamin, kind of kept, kept the faith in, in and thinking that, you know, you know in the end the cream, cream would rise to the top and, and uh, he would and kind he of would be, be the main be focus on the outside. outside. Uh, that worked, worked out, really out really well. So, so I, think I think that's going to be something to watch for moving forward as well. Yeah,
1: and on the other side, Denver, they spread the ball around. The usual suspects, Sanders, Thomas. They factored in with eight and six targets res- respectively. Not a bunch of big yardage there, as indicated by the total passing yards by the Denver rookie quarterback. They they got 49, 48 yards. Anderson, we told you, 47 more yards. So, I guess this guy's going to get his feet wet over the course of the season. You can expect those tar- totals to creep up, but uh, he's well insulated there with uh, with a stru- strong running game, the strong defensive line. Uh, a fine debut for and Nothing spectacular, but a high percentage rate of 18 for 26 is also something worth mentioning. He played a safe game, John, and, and I give the kid kudos for stepping into the limelight and, and getting the first W on opening night. So Very interesting game. Uh, it came down to the final kick, and, and freezing the field goal kicker was a factor in the final play of the game. He, he made the one when they called the timeout. And, yeah, he nailed it. How many times you see that? The guy makes it, and then when they freeze him, he misses the one that, that matters. It was a 50 yard. It wasn't a chip shot, uh, although he was talking very bravely before the game that he felt comfortable from even 60 yards out in the mile high environment. But uh, when push came to shove, he didn't deliver. the uh,
2: That's the right. Stage. Yeah. You, yeah. I feel like you, we always kind of, as football fans, we roll our eyes when when coaches do the, their standard posturing, like like icing kickers, kicker. It's like all right. No you're just wasting, just wasting our time, time at this point, point. But, but you know it it actually, it actually worked, worked out. out you know it was one of the few times this year i think that we'll see the icing actually pay off
1: well we said in the opening we're going to talk about the tight ends and defenses john let's uh, let's get into it a little bit uh... trying to pinpoint values along the, the, the tight end groupings and uh, we'll break it down into tiers let's look at the first tier of a players six thousand dollars and up there's a couple of guys with injury marks on, on the board in that range, and uh, Gronkowski's at the top of that list. Uh, we've got to talk a little bit about his health, and then also a little bit further down, we've got to talk about uh, the fact that there's another injury of note. Uh, let's go through the list and see what, what you think about all that, that's going on at the tight end position in the top tier.
2: Well, the, the Gronk thing is, is the most kind of uh, best introduction to the post-probable uh, injury designation world. You know, we've, the NFL has done away with the probable injury designation. Uh, so we don't really know how questionable Gronk really is, but anytime it's something, you know, lower body, soft tissue, like a hamstring, it always concerns you, you know, because, you know, that's something that can, you can easily tweak, uh, over the course of a game. So that, that's definitely one that, that uh, I think everyone's going to be keeping a really close eye on but do you really want to play a guy like Gronk you know who's priced in the in the same uh, vein as some of like the top uh, receivers you know he's more expensive than a guy like DeAndre Hopkins so you're playing him at not 100% going against a very tough uh Arizona secondary obviously the you know uh, any safeties that are going to be covering him uh are warped by his size but at the same time you know like a guy like Tyron Matthew very tough uh player and then You know, Gronk Gronk doesn't have Tom Brady throwing it to him. He's got Garoppolo. So I'm actually, I'm probably just going to, all those things, you know, kind of wound together. I'm probably staying off Gronk uh, this weekend. I assume I'll probably get burned by that uh, just by saying it. But, uh, you know, I I think just those, the, the hamstring, we don't know how severe it is. Uh, tough defense Jimmy Garoppolo throwing it to him I'm just I don't really trust it I don't think paying 8700 is qu- there's quite enough room for profit there uh, what's your take on that well
1: there's other guys that you you can look at uh, if you want to spend bucks there Jordan Reed is a real primary option uh, oh yeah maybe one of the top end uh, tight ends on merit $7,400 so you're saving $1,300 this guy's healthy and he's going to be a, a key factor in the Washington pass offense with a quarterback who really had a fantastic year last year and hopes to build on it. Delaney Walker, another guy in Tennessee, who's at $6,500, also a really good value. Average fantasy points of 13.2 last season. Then you get down to the 64, 6,300. Travis Kelsey, uh, 9.6 average. He's rated at $6,400 for, for the weekend's games. He's in against San Diego. And then in a game of two dog teams, Gary Barnage looks like a guy who's a pretty good value play at 6,300 bucks. in against against Philadelphia Philadelphia for for Cleveland. Cleveland. Tyler Eifert out of the lineup for Cincinnati, that's too bad because Andy Dalton is a past happy quarterback and if Eifert's not, not available, you're, you're going to waste $6,300 by betting on him. Then you go over a couple of other guys with some question marks. Antonio Gates still around. Uh, he's, uh, he's getting up there in years, John. $6,200. Yeah. Yeah. And then Jimmy Graham's a question mark that I wanted to talk about a little bit with you too. Uh, he's not even listed on the injury report uh, that I just saw. $6,100. If this guy's ready to go, he should be priced a lot higher,
2: shouldn't he? Well, the the problem here is that is the type of injury that he's coming off of. I know that he was able to log a full practice uh, this week, so he's no longer on the injury report. But a torn patellar, I mean, that's something that, for instance, you know, I cover college football a lot. Uh, our top rated receiver coming into last year, this guy Keevan Lucas on Tulsa. Uh, he tore his ten in midway through the season last year, and even though he had a pretty solid game last week, uh, my, uh, both myself and and Mario, our our college football editor, faded him because that that's an injury that uh, it's hard to see a guy coming back to a hundred percent from. Like Jimmy Graham might be healthy enough to play, but I'm not sure that he's Jimmy Graham, uh, if you know what I mean. Like it, he's not the kind of explosive. Ah, uh, jump up, over three. you, dunking on the goalpost after his <laughs> second touchdown, uh, type of deal. Um, so, um, so I'm going to play, play. I'm going to take the, the wait and see, and see approach with Graham. I really hope he go is go back go to go back to himself because, because you know he was such a, such a a phenomenal goal uh, goal, uh, tight end. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm probably really leaning, leaning away from from using probably any of these top tier tight ends. I think I'm going to pay a little bit heavier at the at the receiver spot personally. Um, but I, I think of, of that sort of elite tier, uh, I think probably Jordan Reed would be my favorite of the bunch.
1: I think that's a pretty good call, John. There's lots of value in the mid-tier, as you suggested, between the five and 6,000 range. It includes 17 names. I'll speak of a few off the top and get your reaction on them, but also I'm curious to know who you might highlight among the rest of that lot. So uh, I'll go ahead and start with my guy, Jason Whitman in Dallas. Long-time security blanket of Tony Romo. I don't think that anything changes with Dak Prescott. He'll be looking for this guy when he's running around in the pocket, and and that should be his go-to guy, a security blanket like very few others in in, uh, the NFL. And uh, Witten showed in the exhibition exhibition series he can still make the big catch with a spectacular grab for a touchdown on one of those passes. couple of weeks ago. And then staying in the division, Zach Ertz looks like a, a great value play here for $5,700. He's a leading, he's emerged as a leading man in the pass receiving ranks in Philadelphia for whoever starts that game. It looks like Carson Wentz is going to get the nod. And, and again, I feel the same way about the uh, leaning on the tight end in this particular circumstance he's gonna want to go go to a guy who's delivered the goods in the past and and is something of a security blanket for him if I can use that expression again and third option that I might consider is uh, for newly minted Sam Bradford in Minnesota Kyle Rudolph at $5,300 another good value play there so those are the three guys in that grouping that that uh, jumped out at me I'm curious to know if you feel differently or the same about them and any other players that you have highlighted
2: um, I'm thinking Kobe Fleener here. Uh, he's a new addition to the Saints offense. Uh, he's priced down at, at $5,400. Um, and I've kind of heard and seen mixed mixed reviews from different kind of DFS experts that I follow on Twitter. Some people are totally off him this week. Uh, some people are, are on him because of the price in the, in the game. Uh, I fall into that category. Uh, I understand that that some some people people are concerned concerned with like his his lack lack of progress during the, during training camp and and getting uh, fully familiar with the offense. And that's a legitimate gripe and it's a legitimate concern. Uh, But the way I see this game, it'd be like if you and I were doing a baseball podcast earlier, earlier in the season and we were saying, you know, what, don't get any part of this course field game. Like it's bad news. Like that would just be bad advice. I think you, you want to get, a piece of this New Orleans versus Oakland game because I think it's going to be, I think it is the highest over-under on the week. Uh, so getting getting a piece of it at just 5,400, I think is definitely worth it. Um, you know, Oakland has pretty good cornerbacks. Uh, Amerson and uh, I'm blanking on the other guy's name, but uh, I think Fleener is going to be in a position where he can, he can uh, kind of get open over the seam and I think he's going to be able to make a difference in this game. So just a mid-price guy, uh, really high-scoring game. I'm not overly concerned with the the, uh, perceived uh, lack of comfort level in this offense. I'm sure... Uh, once, uh, once the, the ball, ball is kicked, kicked off, off he's, he's going to be ready, ready to go. So I'm going to go with Wiener here.
1: Well, and I'm going to throw one more name out on the opposite side of the football game that's going to grab most of my attention, and, and I'm going to go look at the Giants' tight ends. Uh, we know Eli Manning likes to throw the ball a lot when he comes down to visit in Dallas, and this will be no different. That's going to be a shootout like few other games on the board like you suggested. Will Ty is a guy whose name I'll throw out there at 5,200 bucks. I think he's going to get at least as many reps as Larry Donnell and he outplayed him in the exhibition series so uh, I wonder if if he might be worth a look at 5,200 bucks and uh, if he emerges as the go-to guy among the tight ends for the Giants in that particular matchup. So why don't we move down a little bit. I want to hear what you uh, think about uh, the real value plays on the lower end of the board. John, why don't you take it away and give us a run through of the the guys that are less than five grand and uh, I'll see if I agree with you.
2: Well, there's not a ton of uh, names here that jump out at you. Um, You got guys like uh, Crockett Gilmore, uh, Tyler Croft, uh, Luke Wilson, Brent Selick, Larry Donnell, Dennis Pitta, Uh, Those are all 4,900, then moving down a little bit, uh, Max Williams, Vernon Davis, uh, Richard Rogers, Jason Morrow, Vance McDonald, uh, uh, Clive Walford, I don't know if you really want to go any lower than these guys. Uh, Personally, I think the fact that Eifert is out for the Bengals uh, makes Croft at least someone to consider. Uh, I think the only thing you'd really have to worry about is everyone kind of being on that and knowing oh, hey, this guy's out, this, so Croft is in, he's cheap. Uh, I don't know. I still feel like that, that, that could be worth a go, and especially considering that, that A.J. Green's going to be you know, locked up with, with Darrell Revis all day. I'm not saying that uh, Green's going to be uh, shut down completely by any means, but I think that you know, he's going to be in for a battle, and it's not like Dalton's going to be able to look at A.J. Green every single time he drops back. And he's, he's also working with some kind of newer receivers on the other you know, side, like a Tyler Boyd, who's a rookie. So Croft is a guy that, that could actually be in line uh, to get some good target volume. Uh, so I think that, that might be my play amongst this tier. I think Clive Walford would be my second choice among this tier. I'm staying away from the Ravens uh, tight end core. It's too crowded. We don't really know uh, where that volume is going to be distributed yet. Uh, so, uh, so I think Croft or Wolford would be my two guys uh, if you're kind of punting at tight end.
1: Yeah, I'll add Richard Rodgers in. I love the call on the Oakland tight end Wolford. I think that's a pretty nice matchup for him against a t- uh, defense that's one of the worst in, in football. But Terrible. Uh, like I said, I, I like the other pick with Richard Rodgers. He's going to be on the other end of Arod's rods throws uh, in in a certain circumstances. He averaged 8.2 points. Per game last year, which is not too bad. Forty-eight hundred dollars. He gets a touchdown on a on a twenty-yard pass. That's eight points right there. So uh, look out for him in that matchup,
2: John. We, got, it'll be it'll be cool to, or interesting to see how he versus Jared Cook, uh, which one uh, Aaron Rodgers kind of leans towards, and in, in terms of tight end routes.
1: Exactly. Uh, well, week week one will be first uh, the first chance to look at a lot of these circumstances, and that's why we're kind of going flying by the seat of our pants without too much of a form chart here. But uh, before we move over to the defenses, let's give thanks to FanDuel with uh, our promotional reminder here. Fantasy football fans, the wait is nearly over. Football is back, which means FanDuel is back, and this year it's better than ever. It's not just a new season at FanDuel, it's a new era. They've upgraded your entire experience with real improvements for everyday fans, and they believe you deserve to experience everything sports has to offer, which makes you sports-rich. Try the new FanDuel now. Just pick your team, stay under the salary cap, and have all the fun that fantasy has to offer. New to the game? Play in a beginner contest to learn the ropes. If you have a dollar, there are games for a dollar. There's 50-50 contests where the top half win cash, too. Or you can settle a score with a friend, as I'm going to do with John this weekend when we start our Rotowire Vegas League uh, in friends mode. It's a season-long fantasy for all of us. Football with weekly teams, plus new features ensure a fair and level playing field. We are t- going by the seat of our pants in week one. John, uh, what, what do you hope to uh, take from the, the results? What will you be looking for in the box scores?
2: You know, I, I think last, last night, for example, is a good uh, kind of microcosm of how I'm approaching week one, you know, uh, position groupings, uh, with tight battles, you know, kind of like a one, one, a one B type of scenario or perceived one, a one B you know, like a Kelvin Benjamin versus Devin Funches Uh, I think that you can extrapolate that to several teams across the league and, you know, like a Willie Sneed or Brandon Cooks, uh, type of deal, or like I mentioned, Jared Cook versus Richard Rogers in terms of the cheap tight ends, uh, and and also the, the running back distribution, Gio Bernard versus Jeremy Hill. So the the, the things that I wanna really look out for are those kind of one A and one B, uh, how that shakes out. You can't put all of your eggs in one basket. You know, you can't just say, Oh, this happened week one and thus it's gonna happen every single week down the stretch, but it's something to to pay attention to, especially you know, if if a team matches up with a has like a similar matchup, you know, uh, say a team's playing a tough Ah, uh, pass defense. Who do they rely on in the run game? Type of deal. So I'm I'm leaning on that. And then, as far as building my lineups is concerned, I'm using a lot of the the daily tools on our website. I think the value report is one of the best ways of kind of finding the guys uh, that that uh, kind of give you the most upside. So I'm leaning heavily on that. Uh, and then I'm trying to avoid. Uh, certain defenses and certain matchups as well. How are you approaching this week?
1: I'm adding to that by looking at guys like at the running back position. There's a couple of guys that uh, that jump up because of injury circumstances. We've got Christine Michael and uh, Ware in Kansas City. Those are two running backs who are are very value priced and open up options on your roster. So if you can take advantage of a guy that you know is going to start. It's been announced, it's been declared, and it looks like odds are uh, in that direction. It it gives you the chance to go after some higher prices uh, in some of the other positions and take advantage of that. So always try and keep up on the latest news and notes. roto again, is a leader in that that, uh, way to go on the website and find out what we say about uh, the latest injury uh, woes. Uh, Certainly... Uh, gives, gives you a, a chance, chance to take advantage, advantage of, of certain circumstances. circumstances. So, so those, those are all good tips, done. John, and uh, we, want, we want people to remi- remember that we want them to have all the fun that football has to offer, have all the fantasy football fun that fantasy has to offer with FanDuel. Be sports rich. There's a special offer at FanDuel for new users where they get a free six-month rotowire subscription with a $10 deposit on FanDuel. Go to fanduel.com slash rw. Not only will you get the free subscription but you'll have that $10 available to play with on FanDuel. That's over $40 in value for just 10 bucks. Go to fanduel.com rw. All right, John, let's have a listen to your defensive gems and uh, see if I agree or disagree. I'll have some thoughts there as well.
2: Well, I think uh, if you look at it from a strictly over-under perspective, uh, you know, the, the way that Vegas is projecting uh, the combined score is going to wind up, uh, the Minnesota-Tennessee game, Uh, those are two defenses that are uh, pretty solid Minnesota is obviously better than Tennessee's but Tennessee's is improving. Uh, either of those games, uh, if you think about it, you know Minnesota is so limited offensively, and, mi- and then uh, Tennessee is going against a tough defense. So I think either of those, uh, you could you could probably end up getting a decent uh, profit from either of those defenses, just you know based on those factors. I think uh, Cleveland and Philly, uh, that's kind of the same boat uh, because you know we got such limited quarter. I mean Philadelphia, they have a decent defense, uh, but. In Cleveland, uh, they don't have Josh Gordon, obviously. So, I mean, their best receiver is probably going to be Gary Barnage, the tight end. Uh, Corey Coleman's going to be making his first uh, start for Cleveland, I, I believe. So there, there's a lot of question marks on that side of the ball for the Browns. Then on the flip side, Philly's starting a rookie quarterback. So no one's going to blame you entirely for using a, a like a mid-tier mid price defense uh, like Cleveland's going against a guy like Wentz who's, you know, making the leap from North Dakota State. Uh, my personal pick is probably the 49ers. I just think that the, the Rams offense is so bad, uh, so one-dimensional outside. You know, it's just Todd Gurley, and then what do they have?
1: Yeah, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add to that list with uh, Houston. Anytime J.J. Watt has a soft opponent like he does in week one, I'm, I'm going to be all over the Texans uh, favoring that defense. And then uh, Philadelphia is another defense that I would look at. They... they, they Rewarded me handsomely last year a few times when they had some big pick six games and some high sack totals This looks like another circumstance with a bad Cleveland team providing other opposition But you can say maybe the same thing about Philadelphia's offense and Cleveland's defense in that one I'd stay away definitely from a game like the Giants in Dallas I think that's going to be like a 35-34 type of game So you don't want any part of that and maybe New England and Arizona might turn into something similar. So you watch the, the teams that, uh, that are facing one another and the fact that maybe the defenses are better than the offenses across the lines. And L.A. and San Francisco, a rivalry game could be a tense one. Uh, I think certainly Gurley could have a big night, but if he doesn't, that could be a low-scoring affair and the defenses could rule in that one. So that's our, our view on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, John, we have treated our fans during the baseball portion of the season with a chance to create our own lineups, I see an opportunity for us to do the same thing since we are last up in the uh, DFS prep that RotoWire throws up in these pods. So I'm excited to continue with that tradition. Why don't we go through our projected lineups and uh, give away your secrets for the RotoWire wire uh, staff
2: lead. All right, let's lock it in here. I'm going I'm to start off at quarterback. Uh, I'm going to go with Matt Stafford, uh, checking in at 7,400. Uh, I know he doesn't have Calvin Johnson anymore, but he still has talented receivers in Golden Tate and Marvin Jones, which who I thought was one of the more uh, shrewd pickups of the offseason. Uh, we all know that Detroit runs the ball, or, uh, very infrequently compared to the rest of the league. Uh, they have more of a, like, they use their running backs as pass catchers uh, out of the backfield for the most part. Uh, and I also you had to like how Detroit's offense was clicking towards the end of the last season when they. When their offensive coordinator transitioned to to a man named Jim Bob Cooter, I believe he's back. So I think that that's just a better offense uh, overall. And I think Indianapolis's defense, uh, until until we see something, I'm always just gonna be of the opinion that it's that it's pretty soft, pretty easy to be attacked. Uh, so I think Stafford's in a really good position uh, to to give you a lot of points here, and he's just seventy four hundred, so you're not. Uh, you know, paying up for for your Aaron Rodgers t- or Cam Newton, obviously Cam played last night, uh, type of players. So you, you, you really save up and you're able to load up elsewhere.
1: And I'm going to counter with uh, Big Ben. I'm going near the top of the board for $8,500, Ben Roethlisberger. His running game is going to be depleted with their number one guy sideline, so that gives him even more reason to throw the ball up. And I expect to see. Four or five touchdowns in this game against a Washington team that I despise as a Cowboys fan. So I'll be rooting doubly hard for Big Ben to roll up some big points. And I think he's eminently capable of that. This guy takes a pounding every game in, game out. But he comes in there and delivers a lot of 300-plus yard passing games on a consistent basis. One of the more consistent guys out there in the quarterback ranks. And well worth the $8,500 in this particular matchup. John, your running backs of choice.
2: I'm going to go Lamar Miller, 7,600, going against a, a Bears defense that uh, doesn't inspire a ton of confidence. Uh, I think, you know, you, we got Brock Osweiler making his first start for the for the Texans, so I think they're going to be able to, to run the ball a decent bit on him. And you also have to remember that uh, the Bears had, I believe, the 32nd-ranked uh, DVOA against the run last year uh, on defense, so I think, you know, it's proof it's quantifiable proof that the bears just haven't been able to stop the run uh quite yet so i think miller as sort of like your your second tier uh rb1 i think is definitely worth your consideration at 7600 uh and then spencer Ware, like you mentioned he gets to start in place of uh, jamal charles it looks like uh so 5400 uh like the matchup against san diego it's it's not like the greatest matchup in the world but you know san diego doesn't even get to use their uh, first round pick because he's just not ready at joey bosa so that's one less guy you have to worry about slowing down where uh, i think that's the kind of offense where where uh, they use the running back when they get towards the goal line obviously they have a new offensive coordinator but still an andy reid coach team so i think where at 5400 uh, the only thing you have to be worried about uh is probably everyone kind of thinking that he's the best value play on the board.
1: Yeah, there's no question about that. I love the Lamar Miller pick because this guy was underutilized in his... Uh time with his former club he's going to get a better shot at like 20 touches at least per game and i think we're going to see a big year out of this guy and i think he's way under priced at 7600 dollars so i love that play and i'm going to counter with a couple of guys that are cheaper than both of yours or uh, respectively i'll say LaShawn mccoy of buffalo for 6900 bucks he's a guy that will Produce uh, C.J. Anderson-type numbers uh, on a weekly basis, the way that C.J. rolled up 140 yards. Because McCoy factors in uh, into the pass offense for the Bills as well, a guy that can lead the team in touches most weeks. And for $6,900, that's tremendous value. Uh, and I think people are under undervaluing the Buffalo offense. Tyrod Taylor is an emerging quarterback. Uh, He's, he's kind of like Cam newton light, I will say, uh, in terms of his profile and uh, kind of a big secret just because he's not in a, in a big market. But uh, I think people are going to learn more about this guy in, uh, in the AFC East. And uh, I'll couple him with Christine Michael, a guy who had a cup of coffee with the Cowboys, but he's in a great situation in Seattle in week one with Thomas Rawls. Uh, very questionable in, uh, in terms of starting, in terms of the hierarchy. They've already listed Michael as the number one guy. Um, among the running backs this weekend, and that's for $4,800. You can't go wrong there if this guy gets a few reps, and boy, does it open up the rest of your lineup. John, uh, your wide receivers, let's have it.
2: I'm going to go DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, I, I think, as, you, as, you, as you've kind of seen, I'm in on Houston this week, and, and this year in general, Hopkins is one of the more physically gifted receivers in the entire National Football League, so uh, you know, for him to be going against a, a Chicago secondary that doesn't particularly scare you uh, in one way or the other, and then Osweiler, like I said, he is making his first start for the Texans. But uh, you know, it's not like he can be any worse than the Brian Hoyer, Brandon Weeden uh, combo that that you know he was uh, catching from last year. I mean, basically, as long as Osweiler is able to put it, you know, within the just zip code of, of Hopkins, Hopkins is probably going to be able to come down with it. So, 8,400. Uh, I like it. I'll pay up for that. Uh, And then I'm going to couple that uh, with Alan Robinson of the Jaguars, uh, checking in at 8,500. So a couple of pretty expensive uh, wideouts, but I tend to go uh, more expensive uh, when it comes to the pass catchers, especially in in games with high over-unders. I think there's going to be a good bit of scoring uh, in this Green Bay-Jacksonville game. I think Green Bay should be able to capture the lead um, for most of it. Which means that the, the Jacksonville's going to be in catch-up mode, and we know where Bortles looks when they're when they're in catch-up mode is looking he's in Allen Robinson's direction. So Robinson here, 8,500. I'll do it, and then uh, rounding it out, I'm going to go Sammy Watkins at 7,300. Gives you a little bit of cap relief, but he's still, uh, I think, a very viable option. He's obviously the number one uh, receiver in that unit. Uh, as you mentioned, Tyrod Taylor only getting better, and I think. For for me, I know that the Ravens just aren't a particularly good uh, pass defense. I know they tried to bolster it with the addition of Eric Weddle, um, but I still think Sammy Watkins should be able to take advantage of the matchup against Jimmy Smith or whoever else he lines up against. So it's 7,300. Uh, I think there's a lot of room for profit there.
1: Well, and I'm going to stick with your theme. I'm going right to the top of the board with Antonio Brown, who led the world in uh, targets last year and uh, receiving yards and all the rest of that. I think he's going to be off to another great start. We already explained with the situation in the running back position in Pittsburgh, this is going to be an offense that relies heavily on the pass in week one, and I think obviously that means Brown will be a centerpiece, and I'm able to afford that $9,300 because of a couple of cheap picks elsewhere.
0: One of which, which is, is not Des Bryant.
1: Bad. He's $8,000 and I think he's gonna to wanna to have a big opening night. And uh, if, if Dak Prescott uh, cares about his longevity as a Cowboys quarterback, he'll want a happy number one wide receiver. And why not start it off an opening night by throwing about 15 or 20 to Des and see what happens there. So for $8,000, I'm hoping he wraps up a big night. And then you mentioned also with uh, Aaron Rodgers, He's got a, an extra weapon here. We're going to see about the number one wide receiver, but I'm looking at the number two guy. Randall Cobb is a guy that he relied on last year while the number one guy was out for $7,300. I think that's a great value play, and uh, I think that uh, it's a cheap one considering the fact that I think the ball is going to be in the air a, the air a lot in the Green Bay offense, and uh, I'm anxious to see how Jordy Nelson fares, but I think that Randall Cobb is the guy that's going to be the go-to guy a lot for the Packers in week one.
2: Yeah, and I, th- I think, think that Jordy, just by being back in general, opens the field for, for Cobb. Right. I think Cobb last year just wasn't comfortable with the way uh, that they had to use him. Uh, it, just it just was sort was of a, a wonky fit. fit. Um, so, um, so now, now that Jordy's back, we're going to kind of see the, the Cobb of the 2014 and, and, and before, before, where he's, he's just a, as, as dangerous, dangerous as you can get in the intermediate and, and close, close to the line of scrimmage because, you know, Jordy's going to be kind of taking the top off the defense by by getting vertical. So, so I think I Cobb definitely uh, gives you a ton of room for profit there as well.
1: So you like that pick? That's
2: good.
1: I do. <laughs> All right. At the tight end slot. Uh,
2: I'm going to go with Fleener. You know, i got to back up with, with what I said earlier. You know, going against the Oakland defense, um, the the Saints' receivers might, you know, like a Brandon Cooks. I, I did read a pretty interesting article uh, last night, and and how he kind of struggles against bigger physical corners, and that's that's what Oakland has. Uh, so that that uh, takes Cooks a bit out of the equation for me. I think that that kind of opens things up for Fleener down the seam, like I mentioned. Uh, so 5400, you're not paying a ton for him uh, going. To, going and getting a piece of that of that high scoring game i think is essential this week so cleaner 5400 for me is a play at tight end you know
1: what i got to give you props thursday nights normally a party night but you're at home reading up on football i love it that's why you're my partner man this guy is football first all the single ladies out there take a back seat to john for just a while when it comes to football same for saturday <laughs> yeah that's right you do a bang up job on the college pod let's give you a chance to pump that up why don't you tell our listeners
2: Oh yeah, uh, so every every Wednesday uh, Mario uh, Puig and I uh, he's the main college football editor I'm the assistant college football editor we we sit down and we kind of we don't have DFS to, to look at for college anymore but we break down uh, the, the spreads for every game that of note, you know, we're not going to give you the 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 spread for you know like a like a michigan versus murray state type of deal but you know any game featuring a couple of power five teams or or fbs teams uh we go through that we look at players that we like that are on the rise for season-long uh college fantasy and uh just kind of give you our perspective on what happened the week before and what's going to going to happen this week uh and we like i said we do make our spread picks uh so if uh Putting some cash down on, on college games is, is your kind of deal. Uh, we can help you there big time, and uh, we give you some pretty in-depth stuff. So uh, give us a listen every Wednesday.
1: I will do that, and I hope our listeners do that too, John. Good luck with that show. I'm going ca- to counter with my tight end pick. I already teased it before, Zach Ertz of Philadelphia. Not too many teams can point to a tight, tight end at the top of their... Uh, prominent receivers. This guy is going to be the guy, I think, in Philadelphia, at least in the early going while, one of these quarterbacks establishes themselves. For $5,700, I think that's a pretty good value for a guy who should get a lot of targets, more than the average tight end, and that's what I'm looking for there. Again, we've talked about the fact it's a pretty soft matchup as well, but pre- given the opposition. Winding things up, we've got to talk about the kicker. John?
2: Uh, got to go get Justin, Justin Tucker here. 4900 I just don't... Uh, really see the Ravens offense converting their chances into touchdowns necessarily. So I think Tucker's going to get at least four field goal tries. I just kind of think that that's the way that that's going to shake out Sunday and probably the rest of the season. Uh, so Tucker, I know he's expensive for a kicker, but you know, with my other picks, I was able to fit them in uh, pretty easily, so I'm going to go with uh, Tucker there.
1: Yeah, and I'm going to keep with the Pittsburgh theme. I think there are going to be a, quite a few converts coming to Chris Boswell's way, but a couple of drives, other drives may fall a little bit short in kick and field goals, so I see a 10-12 to 12 point game for Boswell and the Steelers for $4,600. That's my pick of choice among the kickers. Uh, we'll wind it up with the defensive uh, lineups. Which defensive unit are you favoring?
2: Uh, I'm going to go with Houston. Uh, I think you alluded to them earlier in the podcast. You know, you're going against a, a Bears offense that um, it has its pieces. Sure, like Alshon Jeffrey and and Kyle Long is one of the more respected offensive linemen in the in the league. But I think as a cohesive unit, uh, they're in a bit of trouble right now. And I think Houston's defense on on the other side of the coin. Uh, I, think I think this is the year that we see J.J. Watt and Jadavion Clowney at their at their peaks, and I know that Watt uh, had a little surgery uh, in mid-August, so he, there were some questions about him being fully ready for week one, but all indications are that he is. Uh, I have no doubt that he's still going to be an impact, even if he's playing at, at 90%, and like I said, Clowney, Clowney, I think, is ready to take over. Uh, This year, I think he's going to be the guy that we all expected uh, when he took the the Michigan guy's head off in the bowl game a few years back. Um, So that's just a violent uh physical defense and i think think that they're they're going to be be bullying the bears around all day i don't think the bears are going to be able to move the ball very much uh so i'm going to go with the texans here and
1: i'm going to go with another team that plays in a really special environment seattle i love watching the opening of seattle games it's it's almost got a college feel the way they they get the crowd pumped up and the the defense really feeds off it and for five thousand dollars against the miami team that i don't think is going to be too special I think Seattle has a lot of skilled players on the defensive side of the ball that are going to make life miserable for Ryan Tannehill. So I'm happy to put five thousand dollars down there. We always give our fans the play of the day. John, on the baseball side, who's your play of the day on the football side in your lineup?
2: Going you to go DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, it's Houston day for me, basically. Uh, you know, he's just—he's so talented. I love the matchup here. I, I love that he's not really going against anyone that gives you uh, fits. Uh, I think that. The quarterback play is improved relative to last year. Uh, I think he's in for just a huge day, and you don't, you have to pay up for him, uh, but you're not necessarily breaking the bank. I think there there are ways, there are tons of creative ways you you can get around it to where you can easily fit in Hopkins into your lineup.
1: Well, and I'm going to counter with Christine Michael of Seattle for 4,800. This guy doesn't have to have a big game, John, for for me to feel like he's paid off. If he produces a, a decent, game with the rushing yards and maybe gets a score that's all i'm hoping for because what he's done for me is really open up the rest of my lineup to put together three all-star wideouts and and a high-end tight end and one of the top quarterbacks on the board the flexibility that this pick gives me is well worth the $4,800 gamble to see if this guy actually comes up big at all so uh how do you feel about week one? Our um, show. Our
2: show. <laughs> oh, oh I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed it i think we're, we're off to a good start uh you know not surprised that that we handled it uh with with poise and and grace as per (laughs) usual as as you know our listeners were used to during the baseball season i am going to miss baseball uh i guess i'll just have to pay attention to the standings the rest of the way uh more so than than the fan duel stuff and that's just going to make me sweat out the orioles every night even a little a little bit worse but um and I'm looking forward to the race down the stretch there, and I think uh, as far I mean, football, when football's back, it feels like we're given new life, so I'm just so excited uh, that the NFL is back and in full swing.
1: That's right. I echo your sentiments, and I share your feelings about the AL East. Of course, the Blue Jays are locked in that battle with your club. Neither of us wants to see the Red Sox go ahead, so there's nope. an interesting tilt in Toronto this weekend with those clubs matching up. I'm scoring the game on Saturday, too, so I am oh, right hoping will be part of a fun, fun day there, but There you have it Uh, for John McKechnie. You can look him up at Johnny McKechnie, a great follow. I'm Paul Bruno at Statsman22, and we wish you good luck with your FanDuel picks. Come back and listen to our podcast on a daily basis to get an edge on the competition. So long, everybody.
0: Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal a truck. Bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous?
2: Of course it's dangerous!
0: Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins.
1: All this trouble, all this pain for
0: love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13.
2: When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do,